Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show, and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Hello, Jerry Foster here, the big branding guy, also known as the branding evangelist. And I just want to welcome you to the Brand Ford Leadership Podcast. You know, in doing these podcasts, I love when I have an opportunity to connect with someone in that initial connection, you have that chemistry. And, and this young man here, he loved my energy. I loved his energy. And here we are. And I just want to welcome my very special guest today, Rich LeBron. Hey, Rich, how you doing? Jerry, you had me at this young man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> it's all the state of mind, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, Rich, if you don't mind, please give our listeners and our viewers a little overview of exactly what your company does. Yeah. So our company uh, does, we are a franchise consulting firm. So we do two sides of, of a coin. Uh-huh. We have, help people who have a business that they want to franchise. Ah. So we, help, we help them become legally a franchise, and then we help them market them across the country and around the world. And then the other side is people who would like to buy a franchise who want to be an entrepreneur or they want to create a uh, diversify their portfolio or another income stream. And we work to help people help them find the right franchise that fits for their uh, specific goals and objectives. You know, that's really fascinating because franchises have always fascinated me. I mean, we can look at some of the giants uh, that are in the country and then you see some folks who have, who have tried to franchise and they've done it unsuccessfully. What would you say is the biggest problem or challenge or obstacles that most small business owners face when they, when they think about or try to do franchising? As far as becoming a franchise? Yes. Yeah. Um, they don't have their ducks in a row, uh, per se. Uh, in, you know, obviously, they have to have a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. So they have to have they something that works in california los angeles may not work in chicago yeah you know take a chicago style pizza you in california may not like it okay Mm. (laughs) Uh, so sometimes they they proved proved the concept locally but they didn't test it elsewhere um and then the other one a lot of the things are happening today there's a great appetite to buy franchises Mm. and there's a little bit of a shiny object syndrome because a lot of brands are growing quickly and then they're selling to private equity groups and it's good uh, for in, from the industry standpoint, but sometimes they lose focus because the whole idea is when you, when you become a franchise is you want to have franchisees, people buy into your system. And even like any good leader, you, these are good people you have to build in, nurture, grow. And sometimes if they grow too fast, um, the franchisees are a little bit left in the dust. And, uh, and so that's been probably one of the big, bigger mistakes I've seen recently. Uh, whereas they really should just have a have a, st- a strategic growth pace. Maybe it's 20 units a year, maybe it's 30. But if they get 100, 
it's they just can't manage that correctly. So in terms of your work, how does it split between helping those who want to start a franchise or become a franchise, like you said, versus those who already have a franchise, but they want their franchise to grow? How does, how does that work with you? Uh, as far as percentage wise, yeah, it's probably about 30% on, on the helping people become a franchise okay. and 70% people helping people find a franchise. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, it's interesting because in my work in branding, I've come across folks who own a franchise and I remember doing some work with a frame shop, uh, yeah. Fast frames or whatever it was called, right, right. And, this, and then some others. And one of the things that I remember is that oftentimes they go ahead and the owners buy franchise and they expect, okay, build it and or buy it, and they will come right from Field of Dreams as if they they have a franchise and they expect customers to come in the door, and they really don't know how to grow it. And then on top of that. When I, was, when I used to get into a conversation with them, they would pull out what their franchisor had told them what to do. But you said something very interesting earlier, which is what works in LA does not work in Chicago. So do you find that a lot where they, they're, they're using outdated advice? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, what you do, Jerry, branding is just so key. I mean, the whole idea when people buy into a franchise uh, the attractiveness of a franchise that we call brand awareness. Yeah. And so if someone isn't really checking that at the door mm. and saying, is it brand awareness? Can I find it? Does, does the name make sense? Does it resonate with the product or service? Uh, sometimes they find out a little bit too late. Okay. And then, and then sometimes companies have to, you know, have to tweak or pivot. And I'm sure that's what you do, help people adjust, take a relook at their brand. Oh, yeah. But that is a, key component of why people buy franchises so i would say if you're looking to become one make sure you have someone like you jerry to help them identify <laughs> identify that their brand is correct and if you're looking to become a franchisee make sure you spend a lot of time in that conversation about how that brand is being marketed across the country and will this will this product or service uh play well in different climates different geographics uh, those are things that people really we help them we coach them to ask those type of questions. Gotcha, gotcha. So, how does your your uh, let's say your client base? How does that split in terms of retail clients versus food versus service based companies? How does that sort of unfold for you? I'm just curious. Yeah, I would. I'm going to answer from an industry standpoint. Okay, okay right? Because we represent hundreds of brands. We're one yeah. of the top companies in the country that does this. Okay. Um, but industry-wise, food is probably the most sexy, the most trendy, the highest risk, the most expensive. But when you say the word franchise from a branding standpoint, almost nine out of 10 people go to food. Oh. Okay. They don't realize there's 3,500 brands in 50 different industries. They don't think about medical or senior care, employment agencies or, you know, or, you know, technology. They think of food. And so automatically they get the leg up. But in the industry, food's probably one of the largest ones. And then the other one is, probably three is, three is food, sports and fitness, and then um, home improvement. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, those are the big sectors, but we have automotive, we have senior care, uh, sport, uh, uh, medical brands, we have a variety of different things. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Now, this is the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast, as you know, and this is all about making sure that someone who's a business owner, an entrepreneur, has a spot-on market-leading presence. So tell me more about your company in terms of what makes you different from all these other folks out, who are out there who say they do quote-unquote franchise consulting because there's a ton of you out there. Well, there is, and we like to differentiate ourselves because, you know, I feel my, the way my perspective is, I've, my clients want to build wealth, okay? They just don't want to buy a franchise. Okay. And most people don't understand the difference. They understand it when they buy stocks and buy real estate, but they never look at business ownership as an avenue to build wealth. So we take a very strategic way to look at this. We get to have them compare it against their other investment options. And by the way, we're not telling them to put all their eggs in one basket, but most people don't think about uh, building wealth. And they think about franchising has a, um, I'm going to say, not going to say bad name. It has a weak name, weak, weak perception. Okay. Cause it, again, most people go, Oh, franchise, uh, I'm going to own a subway or something. And they may or not like subway. Okay. But they don't realize that individuals buy franchises, par partners, families, corporations, uh, pizza, uh, target owns a thousand pizza huts. Warren Buffett owns franchises. Mm -hmm. Private equity is throwing hundreds of millions of dollars in this industry. It's really a wealth building machine. And you can really scale this up and build a nice reoccurring income and sell it at a nice multiple. So my our different approach is we talk executive conversations. Mm. My clients are executives. You know, they're usually middle manager up to CEOs, generally 45 to 65. So I, I have to get them out of this franchise mode uh, paradigm that I got to put their executive hat on, go, okay you know, let's talk about investments and why would you own this and what kind of returns you want and where do you want to be in the future? Do you want to sell this? Do you want to give it to your kids? Uh, you know, you want to cash out in five years? You, you want to diversify? That's unique to us. Mm. Most people are really just uh, selling franchises. Yeah, yeah. I like hearing that because I remember one time I went to a franchise trade show, I guess is what you call it, years yeah. ago. Oh my goodness. There were so many franchises there for sale. I was just blown away by it. And I'm glad you said what you just said, because part of your separation is wealth building as opposed to, hey, let's, let's get a franchise, right? So what really concerns you the most, though, as you are out there as the consultant? And from what I'm hearing, you're, you are an exceptional consultant. So what kind of concerns you, what bothers you the most in terms of, even with these middle managers and above, when it comes to trying to choose between you versus someone else, or should I go this way or that way, what, what really kind of like concerns you? Well, what happens is, you know, and Michael Gerber, he wrote a book called The E-Myth. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he, he's a guru of small business, I'm sure you're aware. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and he makes a comment there, the lady who likes to bake bought a bakery. Yeah. Okay. And that was a big mistake. Mm. Okay. So people, a lot of times when I start the conversation, they're kind of in this passion box. Mm. Oh, I bake. I want to buy a bakery. It's like, really? Time out. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> you may like to bake, but you, if you buy a bakery, you're going to hate baking. <laughs> uh, and we, and you see this on Shark Tank all the time. They always ask this question, is this a business or a hobby? Yeah. Uh, so I have to catch these folks really early and say, look, this is an investment. This could be hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. okay? And you need to have the respect of the investment. You need to do the same homework. You need to 
take your, although we'll look at passion as a category, you need to take a step back here. And we will, of course, we'll look at bakeries. That's an obvious, but we're going to find out if that's a hobby or a, uh, or a yeah. business for you. That's probably the biggest hurdle is to get them out of that mindset. Uh, and then once I get in there, then they like the pace. It takes about four months to go through our pro program, by the way. Oh, it's very slow, very methodical. There's no cost you know, for our services. Uh, huh. We are paid by the various franchise companies out there. So it's very safe for them to go on it. And, and, and then I have to get them out of the buying mode. Believe it or not, of course, I like them to buy. It's that I make a living that way. But I have to get them out of the buying mode because in that four months, three out of those four months is totally exploring. And so, you know, when you get in the buying mode, you put those uh, those walls up, those shields, right? Someone's going to try to sell me and therefore you're not a good listener and you're not learning. So I go, look, at, if you're not buying, you're not buying, you're not buying, you're exploring. Let's put all your paradigm, you know, thoughts aside. Let's just go down the journey. Let the facts lead you to the conclusion whether you buy or not. Wow, wow, wow. That's incredible. And I'm glad you brought up the e-myth because that's a key distinction around are you a technician as opposed to an entrepreneur, a hobby versus a business? I love that. Yeah. So um, another thing I'm curious about, though, is as, as they're sort of trying, they being the potential clients for you, as they're trying to decide should they work with you versus other options, what do you say make you superior to other alternatives. Now I'm hearing about your differentiation, of course, I like that. But what do you, you, you mentioned the word program. Is the program that you offer the thing that really also further separates you and makes you way better than the competition? I think so. Um, in fact, I just had a client tell one of the franchise companies that he's talking with, he goes, and, and I got the review back saying, we love Rich's pace. Because I'm not, it's just not a high pressure business, uh, and I love the process. It's very, it's an MBA approach. That's okay. how we, we. This is this is the approach we take, uh, and so I get feedback that way. Uh, I get testimonies on my website that way that people are going. I like the pace and I like the process because it's. But here's the thing, Jerry. I get a chance to help people one way or the other. Mm. Either I'm going to help you buy a business. Or I'm going to help you determine that you're not a, the right person to buy a business, and I help you make that decision too. Yes. So, either way, I get you, I, it's a win-win for me. <laughs> so, so, what do you see people wasting wasting a lot of time and money on that? I mean, I, I mean, this could be a, a daunting process, I would imagine. Well, when they waste your time and money, and this is going to be very self-serving, is they don't approach it. The best way to buy a business is two ways. One is you, when you buy a business, you should always buy it with the idea of getting yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. But the other question is that we really help them. They don't buy a business. They don't take the time to say, what do I want the business to do for me? Mm. You know, again, maybe passion is one light item, but that's maybe you know, there's other things they want to do. And so we say, you know, that's how you should buy a business. And that's why you need to take your time going dream a little bit. This is good. This is fun because they get to dream. Okay. Uh, they get to be a CEO finally. Okay. In, in, in a lot of cases where people never owned a business, I go, you buy it on Friday and you're the CEO on Monday and you better have a vision for, for this. Um, and so dream, you know, you want to, what do you want to do with this? You know, what kind of a boss you want to be? You know, you always say, you know, if I owned a company, I would be this, but what does this look like? Right. <laughs> and uh, because you now own the company and you're going to have work people working for you, what kind of leader do you want to be? You know, what kind of brand Yeah. really it's, there's a brand, there's a brand, of the franchise yes. and then there's the brand of the individual because every every business 
including franchises, has top performers, average below performers, and below average. So in, in, you would probably be great by saying, okay, let's brand you rich in that franchise to be the top performer. Now, what does that look like? That's a whole different conversation. It really is because, uh, as you probably know, there's such a misunderstanding around that word called brand or branding because as I remember as I've talked to some of the retail business owners, restaurants included, they think the brand is their image, their logo, their color scheme, and do they have a great website or the signage outside <laughs> of, of on the building or whatever. And I love what you just said about purpose because I'm a firm believer that you have to be purpose-driven and not money-driven and that yeah. you have to align your business, especially as a franchise, I would, I would add, to make sure that it's, that it's that you're getting into something that is to help you achieve what you want to achieve and become who you want to become as yeah, it ties right. in with your reason for being here. And you're, you're spot on with what you're saying, because if they're not in touch with what that dream is for them and all they think about is, oh, my God, I want to get I want to get rich. I want to get rich. Well, hold on a second. That's just one part of it. So I love that. So so tell me some more about about your clientele. How do they connect with you? Do you, do you, are you one of those guys at the shows or are you connecting with them online? Exactly. How do you get clients? Uh, we, our company actually puts on shows around the country, okay. uh, the great American franchise expo. That's what uh, I probably want to know. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> mine was just, entrepreneur magazine. I don't know if they're still around, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Okay. Uh, I, you know, so, some of my colleagues go to those. I generally don't. And, yeah. uh, uh, but that is, a, that is a way my clients really are, are business people. So they hang out on LinkedIn, you know, and they okay. hang out, at, they hang out wherever you network in your local community. Yeah. Um, this is, this is uh, an executive level conversation. So you got to figure out where those managers, the CEOs yeah. kind of whatever, whatever they do. And, uh, and so that's how I, that's how I find them. I and, like uh, yeah. Yeah. So you do a lot of networking as well, I would imagine. I do, you know, the, 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 remember to have the entrepreneur spirit, there's, there's some pieces of that. Like they're, they're usually good, good executive, good leaders that have a like to learn. Yeah. Like to be on podcasts, like to listen to podcasts, like to pick up on little tidbits that we, you know, we get a chance to cover. Uh, and so um, you can find those people because they're out there learning. They're out there doing something in life, either taking a seminar, webinar, whatever, attending a conference. Uh, that's for the people because they're, you know, they're hungry to learn. They're, they have a, that, that element within them. Well, let's switch gears for a second and yeah. tell us about Rich LeBron, okay, in terms of how you got into this business. What, what's your story? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, I actually um, came, to, came to this situation in exactly a lot of way, way that a lot of my clients do. So I get the chance to speak firsthand. Okay. I was in commercial real estate for 30 years. And, uh, yeah, and uh, very successful. I worked for uh, one of the largest companies in Chicago. I had a client that had over a billion dollars of real estate, and um, and they decided to uh, sell the real estate in the United States and move back uh, across the pond. And so I was sixty years old and going, okay, what am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. And uh, and you come to face some face hard realities, you know, as you're sixty, you know, the the job market is a little bit different. Okay? Yeah, yeah, and. Um, so I went down these five options. I didn't know what they were, but now I do because I actually wrote a book about it. Uh, the five options you say, well, because we call ourselves executives in transition. We're thinking. 
right? We're thinking about what am I going to do next? So one is you ask yourself if you're going to retire and you go down that path and you check whatever people around you, is it time to retire? The second one is I'm going to get another job in corporate America. Well, I've done a study over 800 uh, executives on LinkedIn. If you're in that 45 to 65 range, okay, which majority of my clients are, uh, the average job is lasting about two and a half years. Wow. And so it's, I see these resumes on LinkedIn where they're, you know, 25 years with one company, they leave that, then they're 15, then they're 10, then they get this whole stream of jobs that are lasting a year and a half, two years, whatever. And so there, let's say if you're 55 and you want to get to 70, you go, what am I going to do for 15 years? I got to figure this thing out. You know, it's no more get that job for life type thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I was in that same boat. So I said, okay, corporate America was not as attractive. And by the way, is as you get older, the, the compensation was about 40% less. So, uh, so I said, what's left? And, um, and, let, and what's left is three avenues of business ownership. Either you start your own, you buy a business, not a franchise, or you buy a franchise. Hmm. And uh, I happened to go out to dinner with my brother-in-law, who's an attorney, and we were just talking about life, talking about where we are in life. He goes, yeah, I just bought a franchise. Huh. And I go, really? Uh, and he told me about it. I went home and did what I call the midnight franchise search, you know, got on the internet and started typing franchising. I ran across a consultant and he was consulting me like I do my clients. And so halfway through the journey, I go time out. I like what you do. <laughs> I love coaching. I've been coaching my entire life. I love talking business. I'm a business junkie. And I think I want to tell people about this because I think it's the best kept secret in our country, uh, franchising. Um, you know, anybody can get into franchise. You need some money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the, you know, education isn't a requirement. Uh, ethnicity, ethnicity is not a requirement. Yeah. You know, it just needs a little bit of capital. And uh, so, and you could build an empire if you want to. Uh, so I know. So I got, so I decided to buy a franchise to teach me how to be a franchise consultant. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I had to reinvent myself. I had to pivot. And, uh, and I got to tell you, I just love this and uh, I get a chance to work with people all over the country and sometimes different parts of the world. I get to meet people like yourself and help people sometimes reach their lifelong dream. Um, and, you know, some of these people, uh, you'd be surprised, Jerry, a lot of these people who are in that 50, you know, 45 to 65 who are out of work, mm. they're a little bit lost and, uh, and they're going, Hey, I'm not done yet. And yet nobody wants to give me this next chance. And, and I go, hey, how about owning a business? And you can now take that black cloud over your head and you can now build something from until you decide you don't want to work anymore. So yeah. I fell in love with this industry. I love what I do. It's not for everybody. You know, I always say if everybody owned a business, we'd have no employees. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not for everybody, but it is something people should take a look at. Oh, absolutely. Do what you love. Do what yeah. Warms your heart and gives you that greatest sense of fulfillment. And I'm glad you mentioned that anyone can get into this business if they have the capital and the passion and all the things that go along with it, regardless of age, race, ethnicity, nationality, sex, and on and on and on. Right? I mean, it's yeah. that's one of the beauties of it. But I'm curious though, because of the pandemic, did you have to make any adjustments? Because of that? Well, the pandemic was a, is was an eye opener. It added a new term, a new term to our vocabulary. Uh -huh. Up until then, people wanted sometimes they would say, "I want something recession resistant." Mm -hmm. Hence, we came off the two thousand eight recession, right? Yeah. Uh, well, now we got a new word. We called essential. Okay. Ooh. Okay, and that because that's the COVID word, right? 
So now they're asking, I want something recession resistant and uh, essential. So in that COVID year, uh, the industries that got hit the hardest is food, mm -hmm. sports and fitness. Yeah. And what we say is the strong uh, survived and actually thrived. They picked up oh. market share. Yeah. Uh, the ones who were weak, uh, obviously are not around. The home improvement industry exploded. Oh. Okay. They had their best year ever. And they've been continuing on that trajectory because COVID or not, you still need your grass cut. You still need your car fixed. You need, you need to get haircuts. I mean, there's things in life you got to still do, you, you know. Um, now, some of those companies pivoted in how they delivered their service. Uh, but that industry has stayed strong since COVID. And uh, uh, so now the buyer side, uh -huh. we had two mindsets. One is I'm fearful. Okay. And I'm going to kick this down the road. And 21 was a phenomenal year. But mm. they said, I'm going to kick it down the road because we want to see what's mm. going on. Mm. And the other one said, you know, I want to get in because I want to be positioned to take advantage of the market. And so it's, yes. it's, it's not a right or wrong. It's a mindset. Um, and so we worked through a lot, the ones that wanted to kick it down the road. We just picked up with them in 21 and they bought. And some people came in and, uh, and bought in 2020. It depends what they bought. If they bought a service brand, you're up and running in 90, you know, after our time, after our four months, you're up and running 60, 90 days. You buy bricks and mortar, food, homes, uh, uh, sports and fitness, whatever. You got to add 12 months to that journey. So wow. even if, even if you're, ours takes four months. So if you're in June of 2020, we're finishing up our journey about maybe it's say June, July, September, and then you got to open up your store. You're not even opened up until September the following year. So this is why I use our executive conversations strategy. You got to think about where you want to be and when you want to be there. Gotcha, gotcha. So give us a success story that you're really proud of, something that you're particularly proud of in terms of what you've done for some of your clients. What's your, what's your favorite success story? Well, if I'll tell you, I'll maybe I'll tell you two. I'll tell you one short one. Okay. Talking about the Michael Gerber and the baking business, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. So I had a couple out of uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, the wife was a personal trainer. She actually worked for fitness and she came right out of the gates and said, Hey, I want to open up. I want to, I want to be in fitness. That's what I, that's my heart. That's my passion. Okay. So they were all over that. The husband was working. We also like cars. Um, I said, perfect. We're going to go down this path. Just let the facts lead you to where they are. Mm -hmm. We go down the path. We looked at fitness. Of course, that's the obvious. We looked at all that. Uh, end of the story, they bought uh, three automobile refurbishing companies. Uh, they loved it. And the best part of the story is she loved it. I thought the guy would, uh, he's a car guy, right? And she goes, she goes, no, this fits into exactly what I wanted to accomplish on a bigger scale. And by the way, I can still be a personal trainer from, <laughs> as a hobbyist. Okay. Uh, I love that story because I don't know where this, when I take my clients on a journey, I'm as excited as they are because I don't know where it's going to, where it's going to land, you know? Um, and the other one, I just love when I get e emails from my clients saying, you know what, Rich, thanks. This is the best thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. I'm building my business. I, I, I got my freedom, flexibility, quality of life. I was looking for, I got that dark cloud over my head going gone. And, uh, you know, being a CEO doesn't mean life is always perfect, but they're in control of their destiny. Um, I just, those type of emails are probably get me wow. up every morning. Wow. Well, listen, God bless you for what you do because you are bringing a lot of fulfillment and 
uh, contentment to a lot of people. And I'm glad you referenced the typical corporate track and how the uh, the old days of living the American dream and having having golden handcuffs and <laughs> being able to retire fully vetted, uh, you know, and on and on and on. Those vested, those things, those days are over with because their compensation goes down and on and on and on, and job security become, becomes less and less and less. And because of who you are and what you do, man, oh man, you you're giving people a second life, Rich. I mean, you really yeah. are, right? Yeah. So so listen, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, if someone is listening to you right now or watching this podcast and said, oh, my God, I like what I'm hearing. What do they have to do next to get really easy? They can go on my website, rlebrun.com. Okay. And they can see all about my services. They can see the testimonials. We get videos. We get, you know, written ones and they get a good idea. And then they can just contact me through that. Or they can call or text me at 847-912-4310 and uh, we'll, we'll set up a 15-minute call. You know, no obligation, not sign, they don't sign any contracts with me. I'm earning their trust every day. Uh, but if they want to hear this a little bit more specific to them, just have them reach out and we'll do a 15-minute call. Well, I tell you, those of you who are out there and you want to get into business for yourself, because you have been bitten by the entrepreneurial bug, this is the guy to connect with, okay? Because there's a lot of franchise consultants out there. But what I'm hearing about Rich is that he's doing something very special. And so be sure to connect with him. Rich, is there anything else that you would like people to know about you or that you'd like to share about your about your work? I would just say that, you know, they owe it to their, if they're in transition and or if they're looking for investments, uh, compare, you know, they owe to themselves to go down the journey to figure this thing out. Okay. Simple as that, because it's a very safe journey. Uh, they might be surprised. They may affirm whatever they already know. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can devote the time, I, I really think it's worth, I, it's, to me, it's 100% worth the journey. Yes. Uh, whether they buy or not, and, and it's safe to do so. Well, you are clearly a leader, my friend. And so I just can't thank you enough for being on the show today and sharing your incredible, awesome advice. So until next time, this is Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist, signing off. Take care. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you, are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise. I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself and you've been in business for five, 10 years or more and you would like to be a guest on this program. I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brand forward leadership forward slash apply and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show 
and include the hashtag BrandForgeLeadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. (laughs) So your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.